Hot Pancakes here, and joining me tonight on the stack, I have Donnie Primetime. And you can see him regularly in New South Pro Wrestling, but you may have also seen him in GCW or on AEW Dark, among among plenty of others. Uh, so please welcome Donnie Primetime. What's up? Hello. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, been trying to kind of get with you for a while. So I'm really glad that we got a chance to sit down and chit chat. Um, thanks for, thanks for being here. <laughs> no problem. So the I'm only just... way I can do the rock eyebrow, by the way, I have <laughs> no eyebrow and my brother can do both. And I think God fucking hates me cause I can't do it. So he gave your brother two and you none. Dude, he can do this shit. Me, uh, that's it, bro. I, I suck. The one thing that I don't have that I want, like if God's like, "Hey, bro, what ability can I can I bestow upon you? What what if I uh, straightened your teeth?" I'd be like, "No, man, just let me bam, rock eyebrow, automatic, and just it just escapes you." Oh, bro, dude, who the hell doesn't like a good a good eyebrow, man? It's like, you know how many times I make that what the fuck face and how that could just like patow, but no. So fucking useful and yet i don't have it it's unattainable for me and that's not something that like it's not like if you work harder you can achieve it like you either kind of have it or you don't yes yes i can do this like weird belly dancer thing with my stomach that apparently a lot of people can't do but that's weird like it's not the rock like it just bothers me man that's a great way to start off this interview though very topical <laughs> Well, yeah. So I'm going to get into some questions that I had um, received for you on Twitter. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Um, so my, I'm going to start with um, I'm going to start with this one from Hunter Drake. Um, I don't really oh, understand. I don't really understand the question. I um, he but he's asking why you smoke mid. Um, I can only assume that this is in reference to like if you smoke meat like on a barbecue that you don't maybe smoke the best cuts of meat. Is that is that accurate or is that not what that refers to? I have no idea. I mean, Hunter Drake smokes the middest of mids. Like, I don't understand how he could he could sit there on his mid porch and accuse my smoke of being mid. It's insane. It's it's quite ludicrous. You know, it's a very he's a, you know, the hypocrisy of such a statement. I I don't even want to like, is he asking me why I smoke mint or is he insinuating that I do? Or maybe he's doing both. I think That's both. Hot, Tommy. I can't I can't answer that question. I can't That's answer a- that question from someone who sits on his little his little mid throne. I hate Hunter uh, Drake. I, I mean, I appreciate you answering me though. That I appreciate your response. Um, my next question is. Why are you being such a rat bastard lately to Nasty Leroy and to your own cousin, Joey Janella? Why do you still want to disown the Janella name and change it to Donnie Primetime? And that is from, of course, that's from Nasty Leroy. Uh, I'm being mean to Nasty because Nasty makes me wait 45 minutes at every damn travel stop I stop at. Um, I'm mean to Nasty Leroy because he pisses all over my toilet seat and doesn't clean it up maybe like come on bro nasty leroy is a menace and 
I'm like, well, I don't understand why he thinks I'm mad at Joey. Like, we're cool. You know, like, I'm just Donnie Primetime, man. I just, you know, I just want to be Primetime. And he's a, uh, Leroy, Leroy just says I'm a rat bastard, but yet he keeps riding in my car and shit with me. Dang, mm. you know, brother. <laughs> so, fuck uh, Nasty I Leroy. I have a follow up question to that. Um, how have you not hit Nasty Leroy in the face yet? And that is from friend of the stack, Kit Sackett. That's now that's a solid question, Kit. Kit and me go way back. I love Kit. Kit's one of the best professional wrestlers going today. I'll just say that. Now I would stick my stamp of approval on that dude in a heartbeat. I haven't hit Nasty Leroy in the face yet because I'm afraid I wouldn't stop. You know, once you're just like, then you just keep going. And the next thing you know, you're like, damn, I beat the shit out of Nasty Leroy. And then Nasty's like, come on, man. Why'd you beat me up? Fair. Yeah. I, I appreciate your Nasty Leroy impression. Hey, man, it's okay, man. You know, <laughs> we all, everybody, everybody's got a Nasty Leroy impersonation, man. Um, Mateo Valentine asks, what's it like to be the thirst trap of the South? <laughs> you know, I recently just discovered I was kind of hot. Shit. You know, I'm like, damn, I'm hot as fuck. They say, you know, I'm like, man, people really like my gym selfies. That's kind of cool. And then I started getting my inbox flooded with some <laughs> wild shit. And I'm like, man. And it really hit when I, I was like, hey, everyone, I'm pansexual. And then the amount of dudes, of like, I, I felt like how, how women have felt since social media has been in existence. Just a bunch of wild perv motherfuckers diving in my inbox, asking for dick pics, asking for feet pics, asking me to sell them used underwear, just all kinds of stuff, asking me if I want to meet up with them after shows. And then one guy, like, dude, I could, my, and I'm not even that, like, I couldn't imagine being, like, one of these fucking upper echelon women performers, and her inbox, Jesus fucking Christ, man, it, it would be insane, but, you know, being sexy is kind of cool, I would say. See, what you need to do is you need to start responding to them with, like, just give them, like, your cash app or your Venmo. I could. I could, but that would invite, like, and I think most of them are bots anyway, because, like, the pictures are weird, and I'm like, man, but then again, I'm like, maybe he just doesn't want no one to know he's gay and doesn't want me to know, like, it's the craziest shit. Like, I'm like, man, this is fucking wild. Like, why are y'all sending this shit to me? And it's just, it's it's weird, dude. It's fucking crazy. But thank you, Mateo. I, it takes a bad bitch to know a bad bitch. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, Bailey Blake asked, how dare you? And I don't know what that's in reference to. That was the entire question. I assume that you know what that's in reference to. Yeah, that's, that's the king. That's Bailey Blake. Long live the king, man. One of the best professional wrestlers I've ever stepped in the ring with. And he's like 10 years younger than me. And then he quit wrestling because he's a punk. And I miss him. Hmm. That that took like that started here and then kind of like, ended on like a soft note. So I do. Nice. I mean, I got, you know, can't fire up on everybody. Got to save that shit for Leroy, dude. <laughs> um, 
couple more questions from Twitter and then we'll, we'll hop into like my, my regular questions. But um, I have, why are you the way that you are? And when will you engage with Big Dave in combat? I am how I am from a lack of a raisin, dude. <laughs> like, that's what it really was. And uh, I'll whip Big Dave's ass any day of the fucking week, dude. My nasty Leroy impersonation is also better than Big Dave's, so he get fucked. Ooh, them's words. Yo. Could, yeah, man. Like... He, ain't, he can't do it as bad as I can, man. Fuck Big Dave, man. Yeah, I'm nasty Leroy. Fuck Big Dave. If you only play the audio, people will think that's Leroy. <clears throat> I, I was just thinking that, like, maybe we somehow here on the Ball Monkeys Network need to facilitate some sort of... um. Nasty Leroy, nasty Leroy, like impression off, and just have everyone record audio, and then have people I mean, vote on which one they think is the most nasty Leroy. What you do is you just have all your guests do their nasty Leroy impersonation, and then they'll be like, "Oh damn," or they'll be like, "Who the fuck's nasty Leroy?" <laughs> and there you go. But I think I'm, I'm like, if you've met nasty Leroy, you have a fucking nasty Leroy impersonation, you know? Yeah. He is very distinct, and distinct, oh, distinct people are easy to impersonate. For sure, man. They give you a lot to work with. And boy, does he give you a lot to work with. <laughs> My last question is, and I got like this kind of same question from a couple different people. Um, what are your feelings on the beatdown you'll be getting from Carmen? Who the fuck is Carmen? Oh, Carmen Childers? Oh, that Mark at the fucking at the announce table? She, I guess. She, you know, you know that fucking little goober. If you ever watch a new style show, he's the fucking he's the weird looking dude. How can I put this? Y'all might as well have thrown that fucking cat in a quicksand. I'm going to drown this motherfucker. I'm going to fucking kill this Mark. I'll be like Dr. Dave Schultz. No one will ever book me again because I fucked up the commentator. But it'll be worth it. It'll fucking get me fucking right where I want to be. Is all I got to say. Fuck you, Carmen. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so moving right along. Um, what was a young Donnie Primetime like? Like as a child, uh, hmm. I was very shy. I was not outspoken. I really like keeping to myself. Um, I was really into wrestling at a very, very young age. I considered it more like a comfort zone. Uh, when, especially when you don't have a, like a dad, it was really weird. Um, for me, and this is gonna sound shitty at the moment because you know, fucking Hulk Hogan's an asshat, but, like, just hearing someone like Hogan consistently say, you know, take your vitamins, say your prayers, and fucking America's cool and shit, as a kid, you're like, man, that's cool, that's, like, what my dad would say if he wasn't a fucking drug dealer. <laughs> um, But, yeah, man, Little Donnie was pretty fucking lit. Like, I fucking, I dug Yu-Gi-Oh! Just, like, fucking playing Pokemon, dude, just, and in pro wrestling, that was my shit. And then I kind of fucking popped older and got into martial arts and football and 
like that was my 16 through 20 phase was cage fighting and it was wild because i was a scrawny little motherfucker but uh you know when you fucking get picked on you're like you know what i'm gonna fucking learn how to fucking jar people and you do and then uh i used to have people that would um want to fight me and i just told them it's like hey to come to the yard i have gloves and we'll fucking we'll squash it and they'd come over and these like football players and i'd kick the shit out of these dudes and they'd fucking be like oh so then people would start like oh if you're tough if you if you think you're tough you have to go fight donnie at his fucking house it's like fucking i was bruce lee of cleveland county man it was the craziest shit and then I fucking got into actual fucking cage fighting. I had 13 fights. I was seven and six. It was uh, fucking the most anxiety-ridden times of my life. If you know you have to, like, it's so fucking wild. Like, I can go in there and fight in a practice room, people who are eight times better than my opponent instead of me. And I get my ass kicked. I'm like, I'm okay with this. Then I fucking, but when you know you have to fucking fight this guy six weeks out, and every day you go to bed, it's six weeks. It's less time. You think about it. I gotta fight this guy. I gotta fuck. Fuck, I gotta fight this guy. What is he doing? He's on your mind for six fucking weeks. And on top of that, weight cuts. I would do like 170 and I would drop down to 155 or 145. And I had no fucking idea how to do that. So I was just starving. So then uh, I fucking found wrestling and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> I'm out. Fair enough. So, how did you decide to pursue wrestling from doing the cage fighting thing? Like, uh, what made you like? How did you switch? My mother's. One day, I was at my uh, my mother's house with my little brother, and I went across the street to uh, the grocery store, and there was a fucking flyer for a local show in Piedmont, Alabama. And I uh, showed up and I was like, hey, man, I watched a couple shows and there was a dude on there named Stupid. And no one will know this fucking guy, but he is probably one of the most entertaining fucking guys I've ever met in my fucking life. And I was like, fuck, man, I really think I could do this shit. And I got trained and fucking the rest is history, man. So what were some of the best things you learned while training? Like what have you taken with you till, you know, till today? What has pro wrestling taught me uh, from the training? Yeah. Like what do you, uh, like what, what did you learn in training that you're still like applying every day or every time you wrestle? Everyone learns differently. Uh, I've trained a group of kids at the New South Academy. And it's helped me see that there's uh, different ways to coach different people. Um, like training at the Nightmare Factory with QT, um, learning there is just like amazing. And he, you could see like a coach like him knows how to reach different people. And it's just, it's really cool. Um, also, of course, hard work. Wrestling's not easy. It's never been easy. Uh, and if it's not easy to be good at. Like, you have to fucking work. There's people who are naturally gifted, of course, but, like, if they don't fucking bust their ass, like, you're not going to go nowhere. And especially when you're in there training every day. Like, if you're someone like me, I'm not the most physically gifted motherfucker out there. Now, now, granted, I can do shit, 
but like I'm gonna have to make up with that with hard fucking work. You know, I don't look like fucking uh fucking uh, Austin Theory or some shit. Like I'm not shredded for no fucking reason or Cody Vance. I've got to goddamn go, and I've got to I've got to be able to do something in the fucking ring that like validates why the fuck am I in there? So hard work for sure. And that's kind of like the cheesy answer that people will give you, but yeah. Also, it taught me that some people just shouldn't do things. <laughs> as many people as I've seen that want to get into wrestling and like they just have no idea that they shouldn't be in there. Like the the ability to look somebody in their eye without hurting their feelings and telling them like, "Hey, I don't think this is for you, but you can keep paying me money if you want to." Like the art of that shit is a uh, needs to be impressed more i believe yeah it's a thin line between saying i don't think that you're good at this and and i don't know that you will succeed versus i don't want to you know upset you or hurt your feelings or whatever but at the same time it's like don't come into this expecting something that you're never gonna get yeah yeah it's like i don't want to be the one that says they can't because there's never a zero percent chance but I don't want them to keep spending money, time, and effort. And it's like, babe, I know you got bills. Like, don't be paying for this. Like, I know you have other interests. Like, sometimes being a fan is okay. Now, I mean, I get it. If they don't have any other bills and they just want to pay to train and hang out, I, I would never turn away a student because I, there's one thing, one thing that really has stretched me in wrestling as far as being a pro and being a wrestler like one day you're just a wrestler the next day you become a pro wrestler right and it's just a weird jump that happens and you'll see it happen with all your like fucking uh the next level people i'm not saying that i'm like super next level but i would like to think i'm a cut above most of most people and it comes to independent wrestlers and i say that because there's a terrible number of independent wrestlers so yeah uh not terrible number but there's a high number of independent wrestlers and most of them you know yeah whatever i'm pretty good i'll just say i didn't want to say it um but like so my new thing is not having a good match but it's seeing like younger people do well and i would like if you're like hey man you want to work this guy and you and him will have a banger or hey would you like to work this young kid on a on the first match and you know try to have his best match with him and i would most likely choose the second one because like I just like seeing young people or people who aren't supposed to be good. I like being the one to hold them here and be like, here's your, here's your like first good, good match, man. This is what you're capable of. You know, like taking people and pulling them up and that shit. That's like my new like wrestling goals is I want to just fucking help and raise up young fucking people. Also have bangers. Like not saying that your boy won't fucking go out there and show out, but fucking with the young, you know, the young fucking people coming into wrestling and just showing them that, you're more capable than you think. I think that shit's pretty cool. Like, that's really cool that you want to take wrestling and kind of leave it better than you found it. And that's admirable that you would like <laughs> to, to do that. Dude, that sounds like I'm over here blowing myself, but like, don't get me wrong. I have it. Like, there's an ego part to it as well. Like, hey, guys, look at me. I can take this person who doesn't normally do well and I can fucking raise them up above their, like, I can take these fucking kids and turn them Super Saiyan on the spot. You know, it's like, and that's, that strokes my ego, too, because, fuck me, you know, it's not like, 
let me think of it. It's not hard to have a fucking banger against fucking Adam Priest or Damian Tangra or someone like that, right? Everyone could have a banger with those guys. I'm having a fucking banger with fucking... You don't have to call anybody kid. out. <laughs> no, I'm not. Some kid in his third match, and, you know, you're like, fuck, this dude don't even know how to hit the ropes right. You know, and then all of a sudden, it's at the end of the night, that kid walks up to you and is like, man, I've never had a match like that. And you're like, damn, you know, maybe it wasn't my best match ever, but this kid fucking, you know, he, it came up. Nice. You ain't got to call nobody out. Well, we can't call anybody out. That's not what this is about. I'm not about making people feel bad. Unless it's oh, nasty, man, Leroy. Maybe a little bit then. Yeah, fuck you, nasty. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um. So, who has had the most influence on you, both in the ring and out of the ring? And that can be two different people. But who would you say is, like, your biggest influence in wrestling and who's your biggest influence out of wrestling? Shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Hmm. Like, as far as wrestling, like, who I modeled my style and who's like, yeah, okay. I would say Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, dude. Like, between him and, and uh, Nick Bockwinkle and fucking Cody Rhodes, dude, like, those are three of my absolute fucking favorites. Those are people that I pull from consistently. Those are the, like, and I know it's wild going from Bockwinkle to Rose. <laughs> but, like, those are my guys. As far as who I look up to outside of wrestling, uh, shit. Fuck. Do I do anything outside of wrestling, dude? Oh, yeah. Like, I can, yeah, Chel Sonnen's really fucking cool. Just his ability to talk shit and fucking get people hyped and invested. And it's like, I personally think that the UFC is becoming more pro wrestling than pro wrestling is. And he was one of the big fucking, like, one of the best fucking people to start that. And the dude's got a pretty fucking rad story, too. And he's a hard fucking worker. Yeah. So, what are your future plans within wrestling? What keeps you motivated to keep taking bookings? Bro, I will do this shit to the day I die. Like, I can't ever see me giving this shit up. They're going to fucking Randy the Ram my ass out of a ring after I miss a fucking elbow drop or something. I'm going to miss my last goddamn swanton, and they're going to be scraping my ass up off the ring. I fucking love this shit, dude. Like, there's no greater high than a wrestling high, man. Like, when you fucking come out there, and the crowd's fucking all over it, and everything you do is fucking hitting and you've got fucking 400 people or 300 people, fucking 10 people. It doesn't fucking matter. They're all just like, hell yeah, dude. This is what I paid to fucking see. This is the experience that I fucking took off work for. This is my shit. This is what I'm sharing with my fucking kid. And everything's fucking hitting. And everything you, you're doing is just getting the reaction you want. And finally, you fucking hit the finish. And when it happens, it goes off perfectly and the fucking place goes bananas and you're just laying there going, God damn it, I just did that. I'm a single fucking person with my boy over here or my girl or fucking Nathan, whoever I'm fucking working. We just we just fucking did that amongst a whole fucking room of people. I elicited that emotion. And that shit, that shit's the best drug in the world. And I'm pretty damn sure I'm going to be able to do this for a long fucking time. I'm, I'm going to do it until the day I can't. 
Like there is no, I want to fucking get a contract. There's not, I want to fucking wrestle and I want to fucking make money. And I necessarily don't think I have to be fucking signed to do either one of those things. So I just want to fucking wrestle, man. Like just fucking feed me to like anybody. Let's fucking go. That was such a like hyped up, like pure, just like sweet answer. Like, Aw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I, the respect department, when I was like, I'm dying in that fucking ring. You're like, oh, like, bless his heart. <laughs> the poor green boys, they're going to have to clean his ass up out of that ring, dude. It's like, oh, fuck. Old man primetime shit himself. <laughs> well, I hope that you wrestle for as long as you can um, forever. If that's what you so choose. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Uh, what would you say has been your greatest achievement in wrestling so far? And that can be anything you want it to be. If it was um, like a title or if there was like specific matches or opponents or something that you're doing to help bring people in, like whatever greatest achievement in wrestling means to you. <laughs> I got a, I got a couple if that's okay. Yeah, no, strictly just one. Okay, whatever you want. <laughs> strictly just one? Oh no. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, oh, all oh, of them. Oh. Don't take me um, so my seriously. First one, my first one would be the match I had <laughs> with my brother when I was the New South heavyweight champion. And it was supposed to be me versus Effie, but there was like a, a COVID it was right around the pandemic time. And then Dump walks to me. He's like, man, you can work anyone. And at the time, my brother was going through some just gnarly shit. And uh, he wasn't himself. And now my brother in ring, I will say, is fucking better than me. And I, I anyone that'll fucking that's seen the two of us wrestle, they go, fuck, Sean's way better. You're fucking, ugh. I got the hair, though, so fuck him, you know. Um, but he wasn't him. That. And he wasn't, he was just not doing well in wrestling. And I'm like, everyone thought like, cause he was tagging with Kevin Ryan and everyone was wanting to book Kevin and cause Kevin's fucking pretty cool, you know? And, uh, they went and booking Sean. And then I was like, man, he doesn't think he can go. Cause I started calling the match with him. I'd worked him like fucking 80 times at this other show. We used to, we both got trained at, but like, he just wasn't calling stuff with me. He was just really defeated. And I went out there and had like a fucking 30 minute banger. Like, when I'm telling you, this match is so fucking good, dude. Uh, you could watch it. I'm not sure if they took all their shit off IWTV not or not, but it's or pro wrestling TV. You, anyone that wants to go watch that shit is pretty fucking lit. Um, dude, that winning the New South Championship and my series of matches with Derek Neal. Derek Neal is, in, and I'll always say this, is the first guy who I stepped in the ring with in my career. Not the only guy. There's been a few, but the first guy that showed me, like, there's levels to pro wrestling and he was the first guy that I when I read because like I have an ego if you didn't know I'm kind of an asshole when it comes to thinking highly of myself and he was one of the first people to kind of ego check and I'm like holy shit this guy is just way better at this than I am and uh I still haven't been in a ring with someone I've had the chemistry with like I've had with uh Derek Neal that guy can do anything and in my opinion he's the best fucking pro wrestler today on the independence but the matches with him and we had a, a fucking bull rope match with the strapman was a strap match 
It was fucking cool. Then we had an Iron Man match, which was a fucking classic, dude. And one of the things I also like was I have like I had the first ever independent buried alive match. Yes. I'm also pretty sure I've had the only triangle tag lingerie match. So Yep. Long story, but I'll fucking hang both of those. And I've been in like six casket matches too. That's the most wild shit. Every year it's like, man, it's Halloween. What do we want to do with Donnie? I get it. Put his ass in a fucking casket. That'll be really cool. Fuck Donnie. <laughs> so do you enjoy casket matches or is it just kind of one of those things you're just you just get nominated for? It's both, man. I mean, it's a fucking casket match. It's always in October. So everyone's always fucking doing spooky shit. My favorite one I ever had was with Tyler Matrix. We fucking killed it. We had an angle, and this was a blow-off, and fucking finished it with a tombstone off the apron into the fucking casket, dude. And I'm sitting there, and, and the funny part about this is before the fucking match is, is like, is even fucking called, I go up to the referees, and I was like, hey, when I'm in that fucking casket, do not pick it up and bring it to the back because you fucks are incompetent, and you will drop me. And they said, Okay, Donnie, we won't do it. I said, just let them go. I'll get up out the damn thing and we'll be cool. Okay, Donnie, okay. Just checking. Y'all know to not do that. Yes, Donnie, cool. Well, I take a fucking tombstone. Crowd's losing their fucking mind. The fucking hatch on the thing, it's locked, right? Because it just makes it real. And the last referee was supposed to, like, unhinge it, right? So I could, ah, I'm out of here. And I feel, all right, guys, on three, and I'm yelling inside this casket, what the fuck are you doing? Do not lift this fucking casket. And I hear, go, and they pick me up, and I'm just, you stupid, ignorant motherfuckers. I said, you fucking put this goddamn casket down. I said, you motherfuckers better not. And about that time, fucking one of them goes to sit it down. The other one still have it, and I'm fucking tall. I fucking kick up out this goddamn casket, and I'm fucking cussing i'm like you stupid motherfuckers i told you one thing and they're like oh we thought you told us to fucking pick it up man but yeah fucking i still love casket matches though just not stupid fucking refs who want to drop me that sounds like a lot i've never been in i mean i've never been in a match of any kind i i'm going to keep it that way I've certainly never been in a casket match and I've never been in a casket. Um, I hope that I'm never in a casket, if I'm being honest. Um, That's just not how I want my end of life to go. But um, (laughs) I certainly don't want to get dropped in one. That sounds terrifying and painful. Yeah, it's fucking scary. It's like you're falling and you don't know why. You're just like, God, this sucks. (laughs) And you don't know how far you have to fall. Like, dude. <laughs> and the Buried Alive match was fucking crazy. Like, it was me and Crunk, and Doug's calling me, and he's like, yo, dude, we gotta get you a match with, with Crunk. What do you want to do? And I was like, what about a fucking Buried Alive match? And he goes, ha, 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 the guy has a backhoe. I mean, I could ask him. I was like, sure, fucking ask him. If we can do a Buried Alive match, I'll fucking do a Buried Alive match. Next thing you know, I get there, there's a fucking six-foot hole, dog, And I'm like, holy shit, we're doing a buried fucking alive match. And fucking it starts advertising, and people are like, what the fuck is this going to be? And me and Chris did a bunch of wild shit. 
I fucking finally threw him in the fucking hole, did something. And then I'm like, fuck, blown up to shit because I jumped off a fucking ladder. And when I was trying to fucking hit him on the door, he moved and the fucking door moved with him. So I just ate shit on the fucking ground. I'm like, fucking, this sucks. This is ass. And this was fucking right after I took a brain buster on the back of a fucking truck bed. So I'm fucking like, just kill me. Anyway, crunks in the fucking hole. I got this damn shovel and I'm just fucking getting dirt on him. And now the fucking gimmick is to bury them alive. Apparently, no one thought about how fucking long it would take to bury a fucking human alive. So I'm like 20 fucking 30 shovelfuls deep. And I look at Garrett, who's the ref, and I said, stop this goddamn match, dude. And he goes, okay. Yeah, I was like, damn. And I just fucking fall on the damn uh, big-ass pile of dirt. And I'm looking down, and Crunk's barely fucking covered. I'm like, God damn it. But, I mean, really, man. What, I should have fucking got the tobacco and dumped it on him, maybe. I'm forklift certified. Could have fucking pulled that one off for sure. But, yeah, dude. Like, those crazy-ass matches. And my run is New South champion. Like, that fucking belt is so cool. Like, it's big as fuck. Like, I remember when I first started as, like, a pre-show guy at fucking New South, I looked at, like, Odinson, and he had it on. I'm like, God damn, it'd be cool if I could, like, do so- maybe maybe one day. And it's like, that's a mark mindset because it's just an indie, like, right? But then, like, they're like, hey, bro, fucking you want, you want the belt? I was like, fuck yeah, dude. And then I realized that when I had to carry that motherfucker everywhere, it was a menace. It's like, God damn. <laughs> Cabana Man Dan used to carry that bitch in the fucking airport in a piss-stained fucking pillow because he's like, no one will try to steal it if they think it's a pissy pillow. And I was like, that's kind of disgusting, but motherfucker ain't really wrong, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's accurate. Also, that belt is huge. It's Very so large. Time. I can understand where you that is something that you would want because it's it's literally like gigantic. And dude, like if I gotta be real, New South's a damn good independent man. Like it's not the shitty fucking wild backyard shows I used to fucking work. Like it's pretty goddamn solid. Like it's got a pretty damn good fan base. Like our numbers are fucking doing good on our any platforms we're on. Fans are talking about us, and it's like. I'm pretty lit. Like it, it could be worse, man. So like to be a champion of a, of a good independent wrestling promotion, like is pretty lit, <laughs> you know, like I've won belts that aren't that, that I really don't brag about, like, because the companies aren't well, like either running or they're just not big companies. And I don't want to be like, yeah, I was that and that, but I would, I, I claim the new South for sure. So what would you say has been the greatest obstacle that you've overcome in wrestling? My ego. Like, it's so hard to keep it in check. Like, and um, my attitude. But a lot of that was, um, see, I, I'm diagnosed bipolar, right? It's it's weird. So I used to just say really wild shit. Nothing like, hey, you're canceled kind of shit. But I would just be fucking flying off the walls about everything right it was like fuck bro the littlest shit would set me off and i'm like "Ah, fucking wild jim Cornette just over here just bitching about everything you know um but like since i've started medication and treatment for it it's not necessarily been like my weird spells like that my manic weirdness it's been uh 
my my ego like having to check myself and just because when you're I don't know it's like when you're good and no one else says you're good it kind of sucks so like I used to just always be like don't you're and it was to my detriment I feel you know and then just not caring about proving that how much better I am than someone and just wanting just to go out there and, and like have a good match as opposed to go out there and just eat this poor fucker up and, and make myself look good, you know? And it just, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm I've definitely been my own biggest fucking enemy in pro wrestling until that. And the fucking, my big, my biggest fucking obstacle is I'm fucking weird. Like I hate trying to message promoters. Cause I'm like, I'm coming off as a fucking weirdo right now. My like, yo, dude. Hey, brother. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking, I don't want to reach out to a stranger and beg for a job, but fuck, bro. Like, this is me begging for a fucking job, dog. Like, what do you want me to do, bro? Send you feet pics? Fuck. Like, book me, homie. I don't want to beg, but shit. Like, it's weird. That yeah, that's like my big one. It's like I don't, I don't like coming off weird. And I'm like, hey, I have a resume and a video if you need it nothing okay they, they think you're then i'm like they don't answer i'm like oh they think you're the biggest fucking jabroni piece of shit of all time you're not getting booked you fucking suck bro eat that one <laughs> but it's like oh they just never fucking read it because i'm like the hundredth jabroni to message them about a booking in a day but yeah those are my biggest obstacles fair enough it is a very kind of from what i understand anyway just as a just as a fan i guess um it's very weird to like the whole like culture of like getting booked and having to just like spam promoters because you will inevitably get lost in the shuffle and having to continue to to do that and build relationships with all of these people so that the next time that you message them they have some sort of like knowledge of who you are enough to like read it and notice it oh yeah it's that and just overall being like i've got most of my bookings just being a good fucking person and just doing shit the right way like i got a booking up in freelance i hit the dude up and he was like yeah dude i know who you are you helped me move my fucking shit around at uh gcw one time when no one else was helping me i was like oh fuck yeah dude that's pretty lit and I didn't remember it, but, you know, apparently it fucking did something for me other places. And you just keep doing shit like that. And I think that's a, a big, big factor of it is just being a good fucking human. And not to mention, I think, like, wrestling is just, it goes in weird fucking cycles. Like, and as long as you stay in it and you're not a piece of shit and you're actually half-ass decent and you stay relevant, for not even like dumb relevant, but just stay fucking going. Eventually it becomes your fucking time. Like everyone I think gets a, a proper time to shine. If they make the best of it, it leads to, in my opinion, more time to shine. But am I making, am I making any sense? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. From, no, totally. I think that to what you were saying, um, there's a lot of like, helping out and doing things with the hope that somebody does remember that and it does make an impression. And there's a lot of 
I'll help you now with the hope that maybe you'll remember that later kind of thing. Oh, for sure. So just being competent in the ring and being a good person can get you further than if you were a fantastic wrestler and an asshole. So. Oh yeah. That's a fucking shoot. Like no matter how good you are, people are only willing to put up with your shit for so long, bro. Like there's people that are fucking way better than me that don't get booked just because people are like, I'm fucking sick of working with this guy. Yep. so if you had an action figure of yourself and it was one of the action figures that could talk what would you want it to say and what accessories would it come with it would come with a bow staff yeah whatever you want uh some glasses and i think that would be it as far as my accessories and if you said anything it would say what time is it there you go i think that's a pretty good quote or what up bitch it's me donnie primetime you bought my action figure i'm glad because now i have money to buy stuff with appreciate you fam peace out (laughs) that's what he would say you just leave a little recorded thank you note for whoever bought your action figure. Here's my pro wrestling tease if you would like to purchase the fucking shirt this guy's wearing. <laughs> Go take your mother's credit card. <laughs> 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 yeah, with that, uh, this prom time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> So would you rather go back in time and wrestle yourself for your first match or go forward in time and wrestle yourself five years from now? Fuck, that's a good one. Uh, I would love to go wrestle me in the first match. I told like earlier how that comes in. Like I just like wrestling the fucking kids and pulling them up. So I think little fucking no chest having pale ass little donning prom time with his short hair and his fucking cheetah print tights and just going out there and being like kid look i know what you can do no one else wants to let you do what you can do but me and you are gonna do it and you're gonna show them that your fucking first match in you're better than everyone in this fucking shitty georgia booking it was a fucking ring that was surrounded by blue wrestling tarps so it's not like i'm shitting on any actual georgia fed that still exists I love hearing about people's like shindy horror stories. Mm, you want to hear some shindy horror stories, dude? Yes. Dude, okay. So, um, it was my first fucking ever booking at a uh like it was actually yeah, my first ever booking outside of my my home promotion at the time. And as I go to the back, I see nothing but people in fucking tank tops, fucking blue jeans. And now I've got sparkly fucking cheetah print, like EC3 style gear, right? And my boy Britt Jackson has like his own custom purple fucking shit, right? We look like the goddamn Midnight Express in there next to all these fucking guys. 
And I'm talking, this one dude comes over and goes, huh, what do you guys think this is going to do for you? And I'm like, what in the actual fuck is going on here, man? Like I thought rest, this is, that was what made me know there's levels to pro wrestling. That's why when I say I'm better than 99% of pro wrestlers, it's because there's so many pro wrestlers that do just that. And then they fucking go out there and fucking like, I'm like, dude, I'll take a bump. And he's like, no, nah, I shouldn't. And my little brother Strom was with us. So he's like, cool, I'll take one. Cause he's fucking 16 and fucking his body doesn't die like mine did. So he takes a bump and comes to find out it's a goddamn wrestling ring that's held up by a fucking table and with the the mat on it is a fucking wrestling mat. And like so there's no fucking give. And we no, go out there with our, with our guys and we're like, hey man, so what do y'all want to do? And they're like, oh, you ever watch Chris Benoit and Christopher Daniels? That's who we wrestle like. And I was like, all right, anything else? Y'all want to call anything? Like, no, we call it the ring. And then I proceeded to hear this dude go, headlock takeover. And then Britt goes, cool, and tries to do it. And he falls down. And I'm like, fuck, man. Okay, we're going to just go out here and get heat. And of course, man, it was weird because that was the first fucking show that Brandon Williams of uh, New South saw me at. And that's where I, that's how I got my booking. So everything happens for a reason, man, I guess. Nice. <laughs> Bro, also fucking some of the stories at the shindies dude though oh hey you want you dude i'm just saying dude like when you see fucking the dark assassin wrestle cousin bob in the fucking main event in the three stages of hell match because the dark assassin has murdered bob's fucking like goat or something like you mean to fucking tell me that's not where it's at like fucking that the e should be watching the shindies man like fuck i can't remember like the last fucking wild angle in the independence other than I attacked you, you hate me. But goddamn, dude, you get down to these southern shindies, dude, and it's fucking insane. They'll put people's wives on the line. They fucking put cars up. It's like shit. I remember Mike Jackson used to do a fucking battle royal, dude. $100,000 battle royal, or it was a fucking like a Jaguar battle royal because it was his car. And he would go, winner gets this car. And he parked the fucking car outside Goddamn guess who won it every fucking time. Oh, Mike Jackson just fucking yeeting people over the fucking top. I was like, bro, what happens if that motherfucker just fell on that old school? That motherfucker's walking the robes, just shit him over and be like, I won the car. They're fucking squared, Mike. The people have to see me leave in it. Fucking wild motherfucker. Someone just goes into business for them. And then there's going to the then there's going to the shindies and fucking seeing the old fucking guys who are coming in who don't give a fuck about the show. Like one time I watched Sabu get paid fucking $600 to sit through my match. He was supposed to come in and do a signing and do a run in at the end. Him and his, uh, uh, his manager, the, the genie were supposed to come in and do a run in at the end of the show. Right. Then all of a sudden he watches my match, which was the only match he was there for that. He was awake for comes to the back. He's like, good stuff, guys. My like, hell yeah, Sabu, you look high as fuck probably because he was because next thing you know second match out sabu's not fucking there no more and i'm like terry you can't pay nobody but you paid sabu to come watch my match it's like fuck bro what are you doing yeah brother sorry house is live but i'll get you next time ain't heard that in a fucking while thank god 
Oh man, also showing up to a venue in bumfuck fucking Texas, and they're like, hey, here's the address, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck man, that's 10 hours away. Then it's like, turn off the interstate, turn down this fucking county highway, turn up this one to this one and next thing you know it's an old rusty ass firehouse and you're like what the fuck how did i take this booking they made the fucking poster on the internet look so cool how did i let myself get fucking talked into this go in there 10 people come out this fucking local yokel don't want to fucking bump for you you're like son of a bitch man i did all this for 50 bucks dude like, right now, if someone's like, do that for 50 bucks, dude, I'd be like, I got a better idea for you. What if I just break my fucking neck and never wrestle again? Sound cool to me? Shit. <laughs> I'm sorry I just keep going off in tangents. No, dog. it's great. It's cracking me up. So fantastic. Just looking at the book and you're like, Fuck, I'll just break my neck so I don't have to fucking do this. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> there was one that this particular Texas booking I'm talking about had a guy coming out with a fucking uh this stick, and there's like no room in this fucking venue, and he does the whole fire gimmick, almost sets everybody a fucking blaze, and it's a battle royal, so I'm in the goddamn ring with like five other humans, and this happens, and I'm like, holy fuck. What is going on in bumfuck Texas with fucking homeboy just blowing fire everywhere? It's the craziest shit. Then on top of every fucking thing, one of the guys who I fucking rode in with got so goddamn motion sick from sitting in the back of a van for fucking like 14 hours that he's hurling when he gets there. And it's fucking tornado winds outside. So it's funny as fuck because we pull over to let him puke. And when he's, as he's puking, it's blowing back into his fucking face, right? And he's just like, ah. I'm just <laughs> fucking laughing. But he, so we clean him up and get him to the show. And he immediately just goes and lays down, right? Because, of course, he's fucked. And the promoter fucking goes over and goes, I don't know the fuck. Come here. That boy ride with you. You tell me get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, God damn, dude. Like, is this is this every fucking like shitty wrestling company? Like, we just gotta pull our dicks out and be like, what up? I'm here to wrestle. Anyone wanna shake my dick for me? No, get the fuck out of here. Fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> just cause you fucking jobbed a fucking bullet Bob Armstrong at fucking some point in your life don't mean shit to me, homie. Fucking, it's also the WCW fucking weirdos. Like, yeah, I was in the power plant. Get fucked. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I don't even have words to follow that up. That was uh, just perfect in its execution. So thank you for sharing that with me. Man, no. it, was, it was hilarious. Hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm nothing if not a fucking shit talker, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so other than like your gear and your phone what do you not leave for a wrestling trip without that you can tell me about I take my uh, 98 Pikachu with me just about everywhere huh. like He's the first Pikachu ever released, like, in the United States, and my fucking mother got it for me. 
And then my grandmother fucking had it for years, dude. And then my grandmother's like, fuck, I'm dying. And then she gave me all my shit back. Then the bitch lives. So now she ain't getting her shit back either. So I kind of already told granny that. It's like, you fake your death. I'm keeping my shit, dude. So she ain't getting it back. So now he, like, I've had him since the start of my wrestling career. <laughs> so now he just fucking rides with me everywhere. I like it. It's kept me, uh, kept me chill. Nice. So you mentioned earlier that you were into Pokemon. Who, what's your favorite Pokemon? Like, who's your go-to? Raichu. Okay. Raichu is my go-to. Fucking love him. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Also, recently, I've been keeping my fucking Yu-Gi-Oh deck on me. Simply because you never know when a motherfucker's going to run up and want an ass whooping. And if there's one thing I do almost as well as I talk shit, it's fuck people up in the game of Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, I'm an OG since day fucking one. People always want to try me, dude. I'm telling you, man, I'm the best fucking Yu-Gi-Oh player in pro wrestling, dude. Been sending motherfuckers to Shadow Realm since the day I was fucking born, homie. Ain't nothing new for me. And, uh, you know, I carry my heart with me. (laughs) So yeah. what you're saying is if someone wants to Yu-Gi-Oh, I don't know, battle, is it Yu-Gi-Oh battle you? Duel. Duel, duel. me. If someone wants I'm to saying, Yu-Gi-Oh. If anyone wants to duel me, I will fuck them up. Is that an open it challenge? It will be an ungodly level of ass whooping they fucking, they have to go through. It's like, as dude. The level of fucked up I would do to them would be like walking in on your grandparents' fucking level of fucked up. You'd be like, Jesus fucking Christ, I fucking can't do this anymore. I gotta have therapy now. That's the level of fucked up I handle people with when it comes to throwing fucking cards down. It's even more fucked up because my grandparents are dead. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, mine are too. Except my grandmother. She's alive, but like my other three... Same. I have one grandma left. <laughs> yeah, dude. COVID took out pops. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> mine were, got his ass. Mine were gone long before COVID. <laughs> oh, dude, mine left my life way before COVID too. I was like, she. Be fair, he was a fucking weird guy though. You ever just have those family members who are like, I don't know if you do anything illegal, but you fucking step on cats or something, dude. Like you're a fucking weirdo. Yeah, like you just know off. there's something off. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you're a fucking creep, dude. <laughs> like, you um, pay for porn, don't you? That's the kind of fucked up you are, homie. <laughs> no offense to anyone out there that actually does that, but just know that you're a fucking psychopath. <laughs> Look, I appreciate when people pay for things. No, 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 no. All paying for OnlyFans <laughs> content is different. Only because you're getting to choose the model, right? But you just buying porn, like, that's like the people who go to gas stations and buy those fucking magazines. It's like, bro, you know you can get all this for free, but, like, now, if I wanted to see a particular female or male naked and, and like, whatever, then the OnlyFans shit's the way to do that, you know? And, for the most part, it's pretty goddamn, like, you know, like, concealed between the two parties fuck bro and it's not fucking 60 70 dollars a month dude like shit i mean it may be but shit at least you're getting good quality fucking content and you can critique it you can go yeah man next time what if you did this you know okay you kind of froze on me a little bit but we're good now so 
Welcome back. I could still hear you. Just kind of, just kind of stationary, which is fine. <laughs> so, what is the wrestling word that you use most outside of wrestling? Brother. Hard brother. Everything's a brother. What up, brother? Brother. Brother this. Brother that. My old lady says brother too. My old lady starts. She talks in fucking wrestling lingo. She never bummed a day in her fucking life. Bitch, be calling me a job guy when she gets mad. It's like, oh, hold the fuck up. You don't even know what a fucking job guy is. She goes, yeah, I do. It's you. It's like, fuck you, dude. And she get mad when I call her fucking a cunt or something. It's like, no, man, those are the same words, bro. You can't just call me a fucking jobber. And she's like, man, I fucking, uh, what's, what's another one? Oh, she's like, yeah, man, the people at the office today really put me over. <laughs> okay. Because, like, I'm the fucking guy who every fucking wrestler, like, it's like my home for imaginary wrestlers over the fucking years, dude. Like, the amount of young kids that have just fucking chilled at the crib while they're doing wrestling bookings and their fucking roommate or something happened. Like, yo, Donnie, let me come chill with you. Sure, dude. Just stay in the gym and fucking go wrestle is all you got to do. So she's picked up on just about every goddamn thing that happens in wrestling. That's fair. I um, never, I try very hard to stay out of the ring in any capacity. I've never wrestled. I never intend to wrestle. I'm a big fan. I mean, fat, you are part weirdo. of the business, though. You are part of the business. Your your media side, which is what I, I tell everybody, just because the in-ring shit's not for you does not mean the business is not for you. So never say you're not a part of this industry. You're totally a part of this industry, Val. Thank you. I've been around my local for 10 years. All of my friends at this point are wrestling or wrestling adjacent people. And the amount of wrestler talk that comes out of my mouth is, is legitimately appalling, <laughs> especially to non-wrestling people. And then you just kind of get those looks and you're like, never mind. <laughs> you know what? If I want to say anything that Brandy doesn't understand, which is the, the old lady, I have to speak in Carney now. <laughs> you can almost keep up with it, but not quiet. But I'm like, she's us, uh, Miss Ark. So it's like, whoa, she don't get up that I just fucking hit her with the old Miss Ark and shit. Oh, oh man, she's gonna find that. She's gonna figure that out too, and then you're gonna really be in trouble. Sure. I fight <laughs> that hoe for real. Nah, man, my old lady could throw fucking hands, dude. I'd have to fight that hoe. She fucked me up. Even if I was trying to hit her, man, bitch mean. She's got a fucking, like, she's a Rottweiler, dude. She whipped the shit out of me. <laughs> I'd have to hit her hey. with a car. Yeah, I'd totally have to hit her with a car. Or, or run mean, away, man. She ain't got the cardio I got, so I could probably get away from her that way. But, like, if she had me, like, in a corner, I'm fucked. Fair enough. I believe it. I've never met her. I don't know who she is, but oh, bro, she she, she gotta be a wild you, ass woman so. to put up with me. Yeah, <laughs> that's my that right oh. there. Oh, <laughs> so you were kind of talking about it earlier. I know, just generally, wrestlers road trip. That's kind of how you get from point A to point B, especially when you live far away from any other points. Um, so what do you listen to when you're, um, on your road trips? What do you listen to podcast music? What do you listen to? 
audio but i mean first first uh the vibe kind of changed on on the uh the rides right like if you're in a car more than likely it's for a, a pretty damn solid amount of time right so like on the long ones like here to jersey like it'll start off with just conversation everyone's awake everyone's happy everyone's like bro what up here's all my shit i got to say for this whole trip after that motherfucker start falling asleep so then it turns to some music to vibe to you're like all right all right all right then you're the only motherfucker left and there's no response put that shit on some fucking podcast or audiobooks i really fuck with audiobooks dude like that new john moxley fucking hot anything jericho's ever put out lit like there's the daniel bryan book on youtube that shit's fire dude and like what? Star Wars audiobooks are fucking lit. Like, just any audiobook's kind of fucking lit. Like, the Harry Potter series. I fucking... Those bitches are dope as fuck on the audiobooks. Nice. What the audiobook, kind of... What am I fucking 60? Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, yes, the audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain things that when you put the in front of them, it does just make you sound like you're a million. Yeah. Ah, the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, the, the YouTube over there. <laughs> Quite spectacular, that YouTube is. So what music do you usually go for? Everything, dude. Like, my playlist is full of wild shit, from, like, Metallica to Taylor Swift to Black Eyed Peas to fucking Jimi Hendrix to the fucking Eagles to the Bee Gees. The fucking Tupac, the goddamn Kid Cudi, dude. Like, my shit goes everywhere. It depends on the vibe. John Mayer, too. John Mayer can hit whenever. So I got them all on this playlist I call The Good Shit. And I just go play. And that shit just plays a hit every fucking time. The Spotify is amazing. I have a Spotify playlist. My playlist is called Top Jams because it is my top jams of music across all genres. And... Yeah, hey. you just never know. It's like one moment you're yeah, going to get like something from the 60s and then the next moment you're going to get like 90s rap and then, you know, like maybe some disco. Who knows? Yeah, dude. My fucking, every time I'm like jamming in the car with the homies, fucking uh, the temptations will roll on, dude, or some fucking old time shit, the how sweet it is. And they'll be like, what the fuck, Donnie? I'm like, yeah, dude. I fucking, it's anything. It's Russian roulette over here, bro. Pow, pow, the hits keep fucking coming. So what podcast hey, do you When I do this, to? I look like a goddamn Picasso painting. You see my fucking nose, dude? Oh, fuck. <laughs> still can't rock. Still can't hit the fucking people's eyebrow. That's wild. And podcast, dude, anything, anything by, uh, ah, oh, fuck. Conrad Thompson, anything he does, that's fucking lit. Like, something to wrestle with. Um, fucking, so those are like any wrestling podcast, minus Jim Cornette, unless like we're trying to piss off Nasty Leroy, then we put on Jim Cornette, because Nasty Leroy goes into a fucking fit when he hears Jim Cornette, and it's pretty goddamn hilarious. Uh, I was like, then uh, I was a big listener to Joe Rogan, just because he brings in really educated people and I don't like never in my life would I ever listen to what the fuck a neuroscientist has to say or like any of that shit and it's just really fucking cool and I'm super into like outer space conscious like 
the fact that maybe there's not a God as in we think of them, but maybe we're overall consciousness. And there was like, there's a bunch of people he has on there that talk about that kind of shit. And it's really fucking weird. Cause the one thing I'm afraid of more than anything is dying. That makes fucking sense. I have a creeping fear of fucking death. Not nothing else. Nothing fucking scares me except death. Like not jumping off a goddamn building. I'm just afraid of dying. I don't know why. So I'm pretty cool with the idea of like downloading our minds into like a computer chip. That'd be pretty lit. So for somebody that has a fear of dying, you've had a lot of casket matches and a buried alive match. Dude, it's weird. Like, I'm not afraid of the situation of death. I'm just afraid of not existing. Like, I fucking love life. It's so fucking cool. Like, every breath I breathe is fucking nice, dude. Like, just existing in the same space of everything I love, everyone I love at this particular time, in this particular fucking place. I mean, shit, dude. I was born a white dude in America, dude. I hit the fucking jackpot, bro. Like, come on, man. I ain't got shit to be mad about. Like, fuck, dude. Like, I ain't got no struggles, bro. White privilege is, like, fucking, it's, it's real as shit. But, so, like, it's, I don't know. It's fucking, it's a good fucking day. Dude. It's, like, every day is that to me is a good day. Put yourself in that mindset. Because I used to not have that mindset. But, like, there's so much shit. There's so many more problems out there. But when you look at the scope, especially with, the fucking scare we had recently when motherfuckers trying to take away people's rights and shit. It's like all that shit's going on. And like, I've got to try to be depressed about dumb shit. Like, Oh man, this just need to be done. It's like, but there's real problems out there. None of them involve around Donnie pop prime time, you know? And like, when you take yourself out of the center of that and start looking at an overall grasp of how things are really fucking centers you out. <laughs> That was a long-winded answer, and I do apologize, but I, I fucking think life's pretty cool. I think you're pretty cool, Val Pancakes. Oh, thank you. I appreciate any answer that you give me. Like, that's the point of all of this, is I don't care how long-winded it is. It's, it's your time. Like, I'm here for it, regardless. So, um, I, I enjoy getting to know people. I enjoy talking with people just generally but like especially with people that I think are interesting I think that you are an interesting person I think that most people in wrestling are interesting (laughs) so it's wild the mindset that this this sport breeds in people like the level of mental instability I don't want to say lack of mental health but like in the fact that we don't take proper care of ourselves too and the fact that we're all fucking weirdo theater kids or, or jocks that fucking come from weird backgrounds and shit. And that not only is pro wrestling is a universal language to anyone that'll watch it. Like it's so many motherfuckers. Like I've met some of the coolest motherfuckers I'll ever meet in my life in pro wrestling. I've also met some of the dirtiest scumbag fucking douchebags I've ever fucking laid eyes on in this sport. Like people who I want to fucking fought like, I want them to fall in quicksand. Imagine how bad that is. There's people I've met in wrestling that are just that fucking disgusting to me. But at the same time, I've met some of the most amazing, wonderful people 
wrestling has been some of the like weirdest downtimes of my life. It's also been some of the causes of some of the most happiest fucking shit, you know? So the amount of personalities that you get in any given locker room, it's like, it's fucking insane. It's, it's cool. We're all fucking weirdos and there's not a single person that wrestles. It's not a fucking weirdo somehow. I mean, fuck man, you're putting on spandex going out there fucking locking up and then grunting, putting on baby oil, dude. You're, you're in a fucking wild profession for sure. I agree. I think there's something about professional wrestling that really takes like, for lack of like a better way to put it, like misfit people and like bring, like puts all of them together. It's like, you're all weird. You might be all weird in different ways, but, but y'all are weird. And, and here, here you go. <laughs> and it's just about yeah, finding dude, people why. that compliment your weird. It's also why I fucking, like, a lot of people look down on, not saying the fans, but, like, yeah, they kind of do, like, oh, fuck it, Marks, ah, oh, brother, fuck, who the fuck do you think you are with that opinion, you fucking, yeah. like, don't talk, and, like, they just look at themselves as, like, higher when, like, all in all reality, like, we're the biggest fucking Marks of all, bro, like, we're buying fucking spandex to go up here and do this shit. Like, you paid a motherfucker an entire semester's worth of money for college to go fucking learn how to fall down, dude. Like, let's calm down. Like, everyone out here is united by the singular love of pro wrestling. Everyone out there you talk to, I fucking love talking to fans. And it's not because I'm, like, a creepy motherfucker. It's just, like, and you ask them, hey, man, who's your favorite fucking wrestler? And they go, man... I remember my fucking dad taking me up here to Memphis and then we used to sit in on some shit and, and you're just coming back. This reminds me of those times when my dad or I just wanted to carry my son. I haven't been to a wrestling show in years, man. I just wanted to share this experience with him and we fucking both love it too. Man, I've been a wrestling fan my whole fucking life or hey, man, I just watch indie wrestling because I love the fucking vibe. It's all, we're all fucking weirdos, man. We're all under the same circus tent. I fucking love it. So I am a big snack person. I like snacks, fat girl snacks. Um, what are your go-to like road snacks? Sour Patch Kids. Uh, donuts. I fucking love donuts. Kryptonite. After a show, I'm always the one person to go. Like, I know I should and I know I should diet, but I'm like, you worked hard enough. Get the cream filled, brother. You know? I fucking love donuts and uh, energy drinks, of course. Fucking bang, C4s, whatever has the most goddamn caffeine in it to keep my ass awake and not crashing a vehicle, that's what it is. And by the time you get home, you're so fucking dehydrated from all the energy drinks you've pumped in you. Your body's like sick, physically fucking sick. And it will fucking like it literally takes me a day to recover when I get off them big ass trips because I don't fucking sleep. Like I'll just go up there turn around and come straight fucking home, right? And then, like, the two hours you get in the back of a fucking car with Nasty Leroy snoring and drooling, and it's like, come on, bro. He wonders why I want to slap the shit out of it. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what is your favorite move to take, and what is your favorite move to give? I don't like taking any of them. Come on, Val, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking I don't like taking moves. My favorite finish, though, is uh, the one where I pin the guy. One, two, three. I love that one. <laughs> love it. My favorite move to hit 
my favorite move to take as a Spanish fly. I think that shit's pretty lit. It's always fun. It always gets a great reaction. My favorite move to give is probably my side axe kick. I think that's pretty fucking lit. So we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, with all of the driving and road trips, like you have to have, everyone has at least one really good travel story where like something really exciting happened or like something really funny happened or like you almost died. Like everyone has like one really fucked up travel story. And like, you can go ahead if you have one. Um, if you need to censor any names, just so people don't get, you know, pissed no, about no, no, no. it, by all means. Fucking uh, <laughs> Daniel Perez drove us down the wrong side of the fucking interstate because he was so fucking sleepy. And we finally, me and me and Dan were like, we're dying, bro. We need you to take over. And he proceeds to turn down the wrong way and just start hauling ass. And we're like, God, what the fuck are you doing, Perez? Uh, every fucking time I'm on the road, Nasty Leroy goes like he's going grocery shopping. And then he'll go like, I'm like, all right, Leroy, we're going in. He goes, okay. I'm like, want anything? No. Nah. As soon as I'm walking back to the fucking car, I see him getting out. And Leroy does everything with the fucking resolve of a sloth. He's like, leave seen Zootopia where that fucking sloth's like, ah, that's fucking Leroy, man. He fucking moves in slow motion. He won't, he doesn't hurry up for shit. So I'm like, fuck, man. Then he goes in there, he just browses, fucking browses. I'm like, dude, I'm, I can't fucking deal with this guy. There's also one time that Perez, well, we got fucking uh, left at a uh, at the airport because our plane was two hours delayed, right? And the bar stayed open. And she was like, hey, we have these half-price drinks. They're fucking uh, Long Island iced teas. And we started drinking them. We keep drinking them. It's me, Dan, and uh, Perez. And Perez was trying to run game. And I'm fucking dying because Perez is trying to run game on this wild-looking fucking hobo lady from fucking uh, Maryland. And then, I, so I'm roasting him about it. And he fucking comes at in the mall and he's like, Donnie, not the mall, the fucking, uh, it's the fucking, the stores in the airport, you know, those, the, like, we're walking around, just kind of just walking. Yeah fucking going off on me and i'm like bro calm the fuck down yelling like that in public and he's like mm. so i fucking we go to sit down to wait on the thing right and the whole time he's just staring at me you know little bitty perez just starting fucking eyes through me i'm like motherfucker this dude's really mad at me so we get on the plane and he sits next to me because that's just where his seat's at and he goes motherfucker i just don't and he starts going off on me again i'm like motherfucker if you get us thrown off this goddamn plane dude i'm gonna beat your little ass dude so fucking he's staring at me he's just mad as fuck right and i wake up like i go i black out because at this point we're fucking all hammered i black out and i wake up and he's just staring at me i'm like fuck perez what's up he goes, hey man how you doing i'm like fuck bro yeah, man, he just took a nap, woke up, different person, man. Fred was also pissed at my mother's trash can. It's wild, dude. Perez is a, Perez, I have so many fucking road stories that I can't tell about Perez. He's a wild motherfucker, dude. Rolando Perez is a fucking psychopath to take on the road. One of my favorite human beings, though. One of the best wrestlers going today, too. If you have, anyone watches his work, like, 
since the last year, since he's went from Daniel Perez, the hot tamale to Miami ice, Rolando Perez, some of the most consistent fucking work on the independent scene is out of that little asshole. And I'm so fucking proud of him. He was one of my young kids. He used to fucking kick it with me when he first started. Aww. Sometimes you're just sleepy and need a nap. I get it. <laughs> oh, fuck him, dude. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And there's the Tom. <laughs> there's a fucking Tom where uh, going down the goddamn interstate. We got fucking uh, this dude named Aberson's going 120 miles an hour. We wake up and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? And a fucking, uh, he slows down because I'm like, slow the fuck down for I kill you. So he hits the brake. So when the cop pulls us over, we were only going like 86 and a fucking 75. So and then he proceeds to like how much shit wrestlers have in a car, right? You know what I'm talking about. Weed. How much fucking weed we had in this goddamn car in the state of Virginia. Then all the goddamn sudden, this motherfucker pulls us over, and he was like, we're all going to fucking jail here because this dumb motherfucker doesn't know how to not speed. Needless to say, the car smelled like fucking six wrestlers, so it smelled like shit, so he probably couldn't smell it. Yeah, that's how I'm going to go off of that one. Nice. (laughs) Was that before or after a show? That was after. Okay, because I was going to say, I think it would smell significantly worse after. Everyone's bags and shit, especially if, like, someone on the show went long, never smells good. Then everyone's in the car shit themselves and fucking, yeah, it's, it's the worst, bro. <laughs> you know, I've never been in that situation. I honestly hope that I'm never in that situation. So y'all can have that. I mean, it's the funnest time you'll ever have is just bullshitting on the road with the fellow. So do you have any hidden talents? I'm a damn good vocalist. I can sing my ass off. Just Uh saying. I also dance really fucking well, which is something not a lot of other people get to see. Nice. So what else can I do that's really weird that people never fucking think of? I can balance shit on my head. Like a crazy fucking amount of things. Like one time I fucking got like six fucking college books on there and just walked around. Like it's Damn. nothing for me to put a like big ass thing of waters on my head and walk. Like I have a really strong ass head, dude. It's flat like Neanderthalis. I like fucking Bart Simpson. Do you think that's helped you in wrestling? But my flat head? <laughs> You have a strong yeah, I remember. I remember one time Brett Eisen gave me that fucking uh, that suplex driver he does. Yeah. And I put so much conditioner in my hair that when I looked at the mat, it was fuck. He dropped me on my damn head so hard. I looked at the and there was conditioner on the mat. I'm like, holy fuck, brother! Just it was it was lit. Brett Eisen's <laughs> one of my fucking favorite opponents, man. He's really fucking good at wrestling. Yeah, he is not. He is very strong and scary and not a dude I would want to ever wrestle. I don't ever want to wrestle anybody, I'll be honest. So. But like specifically not Fred Eisen. Got to show you how to do a car and elbow next time we, we see each other. Let's get a good stern lockup in, dude. 
I don't think that that's for me, but thank you. <laughs> I'm very uncoordinated and clumsy. There's a lot of uncoordinated and clumsy people in pro wrestling. Yeah. They don't stay that way, though. They work hard. Like, you see a lot of people start off with terrible footwork and shit, but they just, as long as you practice, you get better. If you don't practice, you just suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just have a couple more questions, and then uh, we can wrap it up here. Yes, um, What would you, if you could go back in time, what would you tell a 10-year-old version of yourself? A 10-year-old version of me? It gets better. It was not fun being little Donnie prom time at 10 years old. It was a very, very, very rough time. But I would just tell him it gets better. And you get through everything. So what is the biggest animal that you could take in a fight with just your hands, no weapons? And you can pretend it's attacking you. So you're not like attacking a defenseless animal for no reason. I'll fuck up an animal, dude. Like, a bear. Probably could fuck up a bear. I'd kill a great white easy. You know? Like, that ain't really. A lion, maybe? That'd be a fair fight, but not really. Fuck him up. Uh, there's an animal in the animal king, dude. It ain't met me yet, because it still exists. I will fuck up an animal. These hands are fucking weapons. Lethal weapons. I've got papers saying I'm a bad motherfucker. How many fucking black belts does a bear have? what i fucking thought dude you think he's gonna check these leg kicks absolutely not i'm gonna fuck that bear up sorry if you're a bear and you're watching this but just know if you ever fucking try me be your demise go for fucking chihuahuas too dude give a fuck animal comes at me brother i'll drop a fucking elbow on it like ka-chow macho man that hoe I appreciate your confidence in your abilities to fuck up any animal. Oh, dude. Yeah. I'm the baddest, dude. Fair Give enough. me a ferret. I'd fuck up a ferret, too. I mean, How many ferrets... gerbils do you think you'd fight off? I wouldn't want to fight any gerbils. I'll be honest. I don't want to fight any rabbit gerbil. They're rabid gerbils and they're coming at you and you're in a corner. How many do you think realistically you could fight off before they got you? I think all of them. I'm a very large woman. It would not take much for me to fuck up gerbils. I mean, but there's like 200 just trying to crawl on you and bite you. How, how much would it be before you just fell over defending yourself and then it's like ah. you seen those fucking movies? <laughs> I don't know. Interesting question. I think I could take quite a few. I'm very large. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like at some point in time, cardio comes into effect. Like, I just can't keep squashing these demon gerbils. And then they take it. I'm thinking I could probably, well, I mean, I can't lose an animal. So, like, I'm going to take all of them. Like a normal human, I think about 200 gerbils could kill another normal human, I think. Well, Maybe there's probably. I don't want to test that theory though. I don't either. I'll be I'll be honest about that. That'd be a shitty way to go. You get to heaven or hell, they'd be like, "How'd you get here, bro? Someone fucked up a bunch of hamsters with rabies and paid me to fight them and uh, 
yeah, here's where we're at. They'll be like, damn, dude, you don't go to hell. You go to pussy hell and throw you down or like all the fucking pussies go and shit. <laughs> Fuck, man, they got me and Weenie Hut Jr. over here. Oh, I definitely belong in Weenie Hut Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I tell my, like, I, I use that as a frame of reference for myself literally all the time. It's like, no, no. I'm a weenie hut junior. My fucking, my quotes love Spongebob. Oh, man. I could fucking quote Spongebob for days. There's not a, there's not a situation where you cannot find an applicable Spongebob quote. Oh, absolutely. There's just been too many episodes to really, to really not. Um, how do you take your pancakes? Like, what do you put in them and on them? Chocolate chips and peanut butter with sugar-free syrup. Hell yeah. That's a, that's a excellent combination. Big ass glass of milk, dude. Lactose just... intolerant as fuck. <laughs> Don't care. Leave the fucking gallon. Chug that shit, dude. <laughs> like just hook up the cow straight to my mouth dude fuck milk is delicious fucking love that shit i mean that's an my opinion body doesn't. Have. my body does not fuck with it though my body's like what up fool we're gonna ruin your fucking life for that drinking that and it does but you keep doing it i'm not a smart man <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of milk, I'm going to take you on like a little journey. And so it's like, put your mind, right? Like go on the journey with me. So pretend that you are, you're hungry and you're looking for something sweet and you go to the store and you're going down all the aisles and you're like, I want cookies. And you go down the cookie aisle and there's all the cookies. And, but you don't want chocolate chip cookies or peanut butter cookies or oatmeal raisin cookies. No, no, no. You want America's favorite cookie, which is indeed the Oreo. So you go to the section with all the Oreos and there's all the flavors and you're like, I don't want any weird flavored Oreos. I want just like the OG, like chocolate cookie, white cream center Oreo. But like you still have options because you can pick like the thin Oreos, which is like the, the tiny bit of cream and like the tiny little cookie. Or you can get like your regular, you get like regular OG Oreos, you know, always a good standard. You can get a double stuffed Oreo, which has, you know, double the stuff. Or you can get like a mega stuffed Oreo, which is just like chock full of cream. So like, which Oreo are you picking? I'm more partial to the mega one. I just, if there's something about me is I like chock full of cream. Just uh, double stuffed was a little too easy there. But the mega stuffed, I think, is, you know, think thinking right there. <laughs> So double stuff is the unofficial correct answer to the question, but um, I can appreciate mega stuff. It's better than saying a thin. Yeah, I don't thin know weird. what kind of psychopath wants a thin Oreo, but it is not me. <clears throat> I respect um, this is a question that comes from our VIP Vic. Um, he always asks this question when we go live. So now I'm asking you. Who do you think has the best gear of all time? Rey Mysterio. 
Rey Mysterio's gear is fucking amazing. And it hits. And he changes it up so often. He's a fucking, he's a merchandiser's dream. The guys, and him and Cody Rhodes have the coolest fucking shit, dude. Cody comes all dolled up in the fucking Homelander gimmick, dude. Fucking pops me every fucking time. A big ass jacket. So, um, what upcoming shows do you have? Where can people go find you? Hmm. Uh, right now I've got some stuff coming up in the summer that's on the not summer to be fall that's more unannounced that I'm not allowed to talk about at the moment. But you can always catch me in New South, which is my home promotion, the promotion where they basically just let my little fucking manic mind run wild and do whatever it wants to do. You will also find me on the Twitter <laughs> under Primetime MESD1, Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, at Primetime Tees, just check it out. Uh, Instagram, Kung Fu Genoa. Facebook, Dolly Primetime. Wild as fuck. Boy, just out here, here living. Out here talking to the fucking dopest host around, dude. On a motherfucking, what is it, a Tuesday? On a Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> well, thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. Everybody, be sure to follow Donnie Primetime um, at all of the places you can find him. Uh, make sure to catch New South and wherever else he pops up where he can't tell us about yet and thank you all so much for joining me tonight um make sure to tune in next week when i have vinnie pacifico join me and thank you once again donnie for hanging out with me tonight see you val <laughs>